0: Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Eaters podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to somewhat unfortunately talk some Vikings football. You know, my co host picked the game. I love the points. So, really, at the end of the day, we shouldn't, no one should be shocked. I mean, this is the Vikings, but. It still sucks. I mean, there's no way around it, especially to the Lions, who is actually, you know, way worse of a franchise than us. If you look at it, I mean, we think we've been struggling and hurting. Man, you can feel for Detroit, but when you're 0-10 and one, and you get the dub, of course, in dramatic fashion. I mean, this is the Vikings this year, but what else? What else would it be? But yes, we are going to briefly, compared to our other shows. (laughs) Talk about this here L and what does it mean long-term for Zimmer and possibly Spielman? Is that a one-two punch or not? Um, obviously, you know, we were in control at the higher seat, I guess you could say, in the wild card. And now that's even, you know, now we're a game out of that. Like, it's, just, it's just all sorts of bad. But we're going to break it down. Quick turnaround, though at home against the Steelers, and Vegas has us winning the game. Um, and I've even, you know, saw some other folks who do this for a living, picking the Vikings. Um, it is kind of funny. They've been on this two-and-two two thing, kind of two steps forward, two steps back, win to lose to win to lose to. Well, I guess maybe Vegas is going on that pattern and saying, hey, they're gonna they're gonna bounce back and get a dub, but um, we're gonna get into this preview all that. We'll talk a little bit of Gophers at the end of the you know the Gophers did get a bowl game, um, and they did. They're in the process of finalizing a contract for a new offensive coordinator. Yada yada yada. We did get a little bit of news for senior bowls. So we'll talk about some of that stuff. But if this is your first time listening to the Purple People Eaters podcast, welcome. It's available in a variety of ways. You can go to blogtalkradio.com dot com forward slash Ropadope Radio. It streams live there. Uh, but you know, like I said, you don't have to go to Block Talk and rope it and download the show directly there. Or listen to or browse. You can find it on the Ropadope Radio podcast at Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio Player, them. Tune in. We're also part of the Grilling True Sports Podcast Network. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to the Grilling True gruelingtruth.com, and one more thing, there's a Spricker page called Living in Loserville, it's Vikes and Ghosts, right, just like this, it is this show, but we also go to the Timberwolves and Ghosts too, which will be starting in January sometime, Um, but that's Living in Loserville Spricker, that's, Aaron set that page up over a year ago, check it out, and he has some other podcasts too that you might like, Living in Loserville Spricker. One more thing. If you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99, the best of live TV and on demand. No annual contract, no hidden fees. If you upgrade to the Choice or Ultimate package, that gives you three free months of HBO Max. You get to enjoy regional sports networks without the additional fee, which has become more and more an issue on your, your standard cable. And if you go all the way to the Premier package, that's H. HBO and HBO Max and Showtime included in the price. That's Direct TV stream. Okay, let's bring in Aaron. And some of this just feels good to have a podcast to vent this stuff. Being a Vikings fan, Um, but it 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 just it's one of those. It is what it is. And if anybody's shocked, well, they shouldn't be.
1: Unfortunately, though, I think some people are shocked, which is I find surprising um you know i I just had a feeling about it when I called it last week, and I didn't know about the injuries uh beyond maybe uh Peterson not being back and uh maybe another one, but I didn't see uh the defense that we fielded uh against Detroit. I didn't see that at all coming. I just thought there'd be a letdown after they got their butts whipped in san francisco and uh, that was my basic, uh, rationale for, for saying that Detroit would win. But then, you know, turn on the TV, look at the defense and they said, Oh, okay. Well, here we are. This is about right. And, uh, you know, have had Pierce back. Tomlinson was there. Didn't seem to make much of a difference in the run game. I thought maybe early it did, but later it was a problem. And, you know, it, it just kind of is what it is. Like you said, I mean, it's, this is the Vikings at the current moment. You take it or leave it.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. And, uh, I mean, right off the bat, this type of loss to an 0-10-1 team, now one ten and one is this pretty much sealed the deal for Zimmer um, being gone? You know, given – unless he just, you know, wins four in a row and they get into the second round or some shit like that. But other than that, reality – um, is this pretty
1: much it for Zimmer? I think it is. Um, as much as I, you know, I've been a fan of Zimmer up for up until maybe the last couple of seasons when the defense. I mean, he's had problems with injuries on his defense a lot, but it just seems like there's nothing innovative going on there, and it's kind of running the same old thing over and over again with the same old players and bringing old players back, and you know, inability to use some of the. 39 draft picks that Spielman has brought him and you just, those guys don't see the field except for in an emergencies. And, you know, it seems to be hard on rookies and kickers. And I just feel like eight years, Chris, and it's kind of run its course. Now that's not to say if I wouldn't be behind the team next year, if Zimmer's still the coach, but I just feel like it's run its course and it's like, you need a new set of eyes in there, maybe to look at the players and to, to look at, you know, the whole overall thing could just use a, A facelift, and I think that's probably the reason they will use to get rid of Zimmer whenever they decide to do it.
0: Yeah, it is. It's it's a super bummer to have the amount of injuries he has on defense. I mean, we can talk about reasons, we can talk about excuses, and all that, but you know, I mean, clearly the last two years, there's been some major – I mean, just Hunter alone, when you look at the numbers with him on the field and not, he's, you know, well, this year, because he wasn't even on the field last year. I guess long-term, if he can stay healthy for the next couple seasons, we won't have to crazy extend him and be the number one D end. Um, so, there, I mean, it is legit. Like, even without some key players, like major key players, We were still going into this week number one in sacks, tied, uh, top five in pressure. So I did think this defense felt better than last year, but still not good enough to go out there and uh, hold tight in some games. Um, They had a stretch there like three out of four games uh, against Cleveland and some other games where they did look like, okay, they're starting to gel, but then, you know, Peterson goes out with a handy, Hunter goes down, blah, blah, blah. We know Griff's probably not going to see the field this year again. Hopefully he's doing okay. But, yeah, it it, it just sucks. Um, Because I still think this year when you lead in sacks and you're up there in pressures, you're still doing pretty good. But, yeah, I mean, this is the, the league, and this is what happens. A lot of good to very good to even great coaches do get fired if you haven't, you know, at least gone to the Super Bowl. And, um, even though we haven't seen a head coach since we've been around go to the Super Bowl, it is what it is. Eight years. I think you're right about just a fresh face. The one thing, though, I'll say is the whole, you know, trade everyone, rebuild the whole team. To me, first of all, this isn't, this isn't five position basketball. Okay. Like you're not going to trade the whole team. Like what, first of all, some of these guys, have three to five years left. That's a long time in the NFL and football. Why in the hell would you trade the whole team? And, and the funny thing is, Aaron, when people say this, right, first of all, that's not realistic. It's the same people that wanted to can Zimmer a month ago during a season that makes no sense, you know. But the funny thing is a lot of these people are saying, well, Jefferson is going gonna, is gonna to want to get traded because of the Diggs thing. So you're telling me he's going to be, if we trade almost everyone that's, you know, top notch, pro bowl or pro, well, whatever, top of line, all pro level or right there, you, you think he's going to want to stay for two or three years in the rebuild? It's just, it's just, it's, it's literally knee jerk, take my ball and go home, kick rocks, just mad, like a, like a little kid mad because his little pancake fell off and he's going to two hand, Pound the thing, just like last week, that dude that did that to Thielen. That's what makes me laugh. So you want to rebuild the whole thing? I don't – I think this is like a partial rebuild. I don't think we need to – first of all, you can't trade 12 players, you know, and expect that you – it just doesn't – that's not how it works in the NFL. But I do kind of laugh at trade the whole team except Jefferson, like he'd want to stay for three years of rebuild.
1: Yeah, I mean – there's a lot of knee-jerk going on right now, but, you know, I, there's a lot of good players on this team. And, you know, they've been in Mike's system for most of their careers, Barr, Kendricks, uh, even Harrison Smith, um, you know, and there's a, probably a few others that have just been – ever or Everson Griffin as well. I mean, I think he had some few years with uh, some previous coaches. But, you know, and now those guys are aging. They're getting more injury-prone. Um, they're still signed to contracts, which that kind of leads into my talk about Spielman here. And, and you know, I'm more interested if you're going to, if you have to choose one or the other between Zimmer and Spielman, I think I'd side with uh, a new general manager at this point. Although I think it would do good to get both of them gone Um because I think, sure. you know, if you get rid of Zimmer and, and keep Spielman, it's you're kind of like, you know, just putting lipstick on a pig at this point. And, you know, if you want to get a fresh set of eyes and a new look and, for the organization. I think you've got to kind of do both of them. And, you know, it, Spielman's done some things with the cousin signing and then not being able to draft a quarterback and, you know, 29,000 draft picks and mostly of in the, in the seventh round. But I just think Don't it's forget time to...
0: about those six-runners too, Aaron. I mean... Yeah, he stacks yeah.
1: those up as nope. well. Um, you know, he's a good general manager. I mean, if he went to Detroit, I think he could help in Detroit. But I just think things have run their course here, and it's not that Zimmer's a bad coach or Rick's a bad GM. It's just that, you know, I think we kind of peaked in 2017, Chris, and it's just been kind of piecing parts together ever since that and trying to, you know, stay keep that window open. And this window's kind of shut, uh, I think, pretty much good. I mean, I called in the beginning of the season at five wins. I think we'll probably get somewhere around seven, but I'm not thinking too much on uh, – you know, overall record here. I'm just thinking the way the team looks, uh, the way the roster looks, um, it's not a lot of depth, although we've had thousands of draft picks. It just doesn't seem like things are trending in the right direction. Um, you know, and as far as trading people, like you said, that's that's just nonsense. I mean, you can trade some maybe someone here or there, pick up a guard or something, but sure you're not gonna get rid of some of these guys in their contracts. I mean, you're gonna be lucky if you can even manage to get away from some of those contracts if you want to. So, I don't know. I think people are just kind of like, you know, reality is set in for them, and what they thought they saw, they weren't seeing, and all the propaganda in the world is not going to, you know, make a five and seven team feel like a, you know, a Super Bowl contender. It's just that's just not how things work.
0: The the offensive line with. The current GM, beyond that 2017, when we went out and got some free agents and whatnot, one of them stayed for a while, Riley. Um, You know, ever since we've talked about, we've documented, we're not going to go over the 19 different guards we tried and all that. We played a little musical chairs this week, too. Hey, you know what? Uh, We're way into the season. We're like three-fourths in the season. Why don't we take, oh, boy, he's been on the right side struggling and put him on his first start in the left tackle? It's just like, come on, dude. Uh, like, are we trying to mentally break the, is this torture for this guy, Udo? Like, he seems like a nice guy off the field. Do we really need to, to put him towards that? But anyway, um, I really think though, it has- No, no, been- no, not
1: anyway. Because I don't, I don't understand, man. I just don't get this offensive line for like the last four years. Like, what is going That's on? Been it. it's like, That's you got been Udo, who got him, you know, as a serviceable guard, or less than, but that's what he was doing, you know. You've got Cleveland, who's a lifelong left tackle, and you decide to move Udo not only to a different position, but to the other side of the line, and then stick Bradbury back in there and move Mason Cole. It's just I don't understand it, man. Like, how do you sell that to a reasonable person? It's like, okay, this is what we're doing this week. We're going to throw Bradbury back in, move Cole over a spot, take Udo and move him over left. Tackle. All of us are just like, what? There's a ton of other options. I put Blake Brandle in at left tackle and see how he does. I just think that they're so stuck on like, these are the starters. Let's make them work. Get the as best starters out there. Get the five best. Yeah. It's just ridiculous, man. And all these kids that come through, we got beat by a kicker we picked up as an undrafted free agent. And I'm sitting there going, hey, this kid could probably be our kicker, this Riley Patterson, <laughs> right? No, we go with Greg Joseph instead of Riley Patterson, he bounces around, goes to New England, gets swooped off the practice squad by Detroit, and ends up beating us. It's like, come on, man. Like, what's going on here? I just I don't understand it in, in some ways. It's like I think he could have thrown that last that
0: ball, that the guy was so wide open, by the way. The kicker could have thrown Probably that ball. <laughs> I mean it's <laughs> But just, you're right. Just to keep honing in on this offensive line, like I said, we're not going to list all the guards we've tried, interior people. But time and time again, since that 2017 and those two injuries we've talked about, we haven't been able to do it. And, you know, the first knee jerk is going to be like, oh, Cousins contract. Next year, we all know if that's the cap number, that's the issue. We beat that horse dead. We know that. We, he's either not going to be on the team, or it's going to be extension. That's what I've kind of thought the whole time. That's what most people kind of thought. We'll get to that point when that time happens, right? But this year, up until a few weeks before the season, we had 13 million. Sorry, common, 13 to 14 million to spend. We went spend happy this year on the defense, right? The year before, we had 10 million in guards for 10 million. Are damn good guards. We had ten million dollars. We decided to give it to a safety that is no longer here. We 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 could have signed Shel, two, three years ago. We could have signed Sheldon and a guard instead of Anthony Barr. So the money to only to sit there and blame because that's what people do. Oh, it's that it's the contract. Well, the cap number only gets super fucked up till next year. So actually. It's been, and it's not like they haven't drafted, right? I mean, they've been drafting their ass off at that position lately. Hey, they've been trying to do it, but sometimes you got to bring in a vet. Even 2019, bringing in that right guard, he was uh, maybe a, a tad bit up from, you know, like a good guard. And, he, you know, you could see during the game, oh, wow, he cleared a hole there, and you know, that type of thing. And until he got hurt, then we kind of went back down at that position and haven't been able to fill it. It's That's the biggest thing, like, the depth on defense, you know, a couple weeks ago when we had even more people out, the defense turned in a really good performance. So I can't sit there and say it's just depth. Last year it was depth on the line, no doubt. Not so much this year per se, but overall that line has really been holding us back uh, over and over again. And, uh, you know, in the first half, uh it was it was rough it was rough sailing um on both sides of the ball especially offense they didn't score you know it would have been nice to get one of those touchdowns 10 instead of six points start to add that up that's pretty easy um the the, the they i think they had five or six qb hits in the first half um in like they were on pace to get like 13 tackles for loss in the first half That's on some college Alabama against a weak team type stuff. But I got to give them credit. They did turn it around the offense in general, but the the offensive line did play better, even though they had the musical chairs type thing. Um, Thielen, you know, that was tough too. Thielen went out. I think that had some of our struggles too, especially in the red zone, you know, in that first half anyway. Of course, a high ankle spray. But Jefferson – you know, they found a – I got to give him credit looking at that, that route tree again. This guy, you know, ran so many different routes, and he, it, it was nice to see them him on the move so he wouldn't just get doubled and bracketed. I, I got to give him credit there. And in the second half, Jefferson, Cousins, everyone – we even started running the ball a little bit better in the second half. Um, the defense, though, you know, had issues – And then once they started applying pressure in the second half, all of a sudden we're starting to do really good. Before we get anything, you know, the final drive or the second half stuff, all that, well, I guess this would still be in the second half. Let's visit the two-point conversion. Obviously the stuff I just talked about, you can fill in the blanks there too, if you want, Aaron, if you're, you know, wanting to say something there. But going for the first two-point conversion, first of all, to be fair, two-point conversions at that time, even the analytics, they don't do it. But there was really no point in doing it there. I shouldn't say no point because, yeah, you could say, oh, we'd only be down a field goal. But I just said the word field goal in Vikings. So is it a 40-yarder or is it a 28? Because that makes a difference too. But um, two things, Aaron. One, going for the two right away that all of a sudden we had to go for three of them. And then the play calls out of two out of three of them, sure, we're at the one because of that penalty, and you run. But the interior, shit, how long we've been talking about the interior offense on short yardage, it's been rough. What would you think about going for it at 20-15, to needing to get only down by a field goal in the third quarter, mind you?
1: I mean, I thought it was an aggressive move, and that's what we've been asking for. Uh, for a lot of the season. And, you know, the problem is with it is if you miss it, now you've got yourself in a treadmill here of trying to get those points back. And that's what happened. And, you know, the play calling, Chris, is it's just what's the adjective? I mean.
0: It's so hit or miss too, dude. It just it's just away like, from drive to drive. You're like, what is this offense now?
1: You think you get your best stuff for two-point conversions, right? You, you. Like, right, that's the the ace they is in your pocket complain. or whatever. Right.
0: Ham, oh sorry. But you end
1: up just a lot of window dressing, a lot Ham. of window dressing on the same thing—a trap run up the middle. It's like, okay, <laughs> well, you can send a bunch of guys in motion, and you can do a bunch of stuff, but everybody knows that you're going what you think is your best play is obviously some trap right or left up the middle to the running back, and it's kind of odd because a lot of times you see those plays, you'll see really innovative plays, and you just don't see them. Like, And you've got speed on your team, but Wong Wu can get the edge, man, if you put them on a reverse or do something trickier. God, God, for all, you know, you really want to throw them off, throw the ball. It's, it's just tendencies <laughs> yeah, right? and, you
0: know. Since you're already in shotgun laughing. most of the time in those plays too, you know, which is another like, really, dude, at the one we're going shotgun or no?
1: Yeah. And it's like, well, okay. So let's say you're innovative in the window dressing, but you know, in the, at the point of attack in the play, you're just weak and and you're almost played by yourself. It's like, okay. You know, let's say they get that first two point conversion. Well, then, you know, they got what they wanted. They probably don't necessarily have to go for the others, but you missed the first one and now you're chasing points. Like I said earlier, and it's just like, you don't have the plays for it obviously. And you know, I, whatever happened to a fade ball, you know, to the back of the end zone, just something, you know, it just it boggles the mind at how inept it can be from the two-yard line sometimes. It's just unbelievable.
0: Well, I'll say this. I was against going for it early. That's just something I stand by. Um, We're not the greatest show on turf. You know, that's really the only team that I can, think of that went for that many two-point conversions but I, I thought it was silly there's a t- no doubt there is a time to be aggressive and we were in this game but we were over aggressive and we'll get to another point too um because there's no point I kind of think like to the people that just knee-jerk like it it's not that we we didn't go over the two it's only the play call to me a lot of those people grew up in heavy video game Madden. Now, you know, video games had just started to change once we were teenagers and getting to our 20s, started to get more detail, and sports video games started blowing up. But the culture wasn't like the culture, it wasn't as popular as today. And I mean that by going for stuff on a Madden game that is not real in football terms. And even the analytics will tell you not to go for it, you know, in that score, in that range. We're not even in the fourth quarter. There's no point in really doing that. So I think that was silly. I also think, once again, it's good to be aggressive. It's great to be aggressive sometimes. But when you're fourth and ten, there's really I, – I was like, there's a time to be aggressive, no doubt. But that, for me – that was a very silly thing at the end of, especially when you know, I know Zimmer lately has been like, well, we're going to be aggressive. And Kirk, throw a pick because we'll just stop you on the defense. No, you won't. <laughs> no, you won't. You will not stop him on the defense this year. Now, I'm not blaming you on Zimmer. These last two years, the defense has been freaking ridiculous, no doubt. I mean, it does suck. In fact, the Vikings' 2 minutes defense closing in on historic lows, according to Courtney Cronin, uh, and a – worst in points allowed in final two minutes of a half 101 the most points allowed in the final two minutes of a half in the last 20 seasons is 107 you know when that record was set it was set by the minnesota vikings in 2020 uh, because we knew that was even a worse defense so we we still got time it looks like we may go over that but i didn't like either the 4th and 10 to me sure it only led to a field goal. But the fourth and ten to me felt like it—it it was beyond desperation. And I know the scoreboard, but I think that's a silly fourth and ten. Fourth and four, fourth and three, fourth. And, something, but fourth and ten, I didn't like that call either.
1: Well, I mean, is there ever a fourth and ten that you like? I mean, that's really the question here. And um, I think no, you get a little overconfidence. not like over-confidence. I don't like any fourth and ten. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah uh like overconfidence i think maybe is is probably the biggest problem here in himself and i'm speaking of zimmer here the, in himself and in his defense uh his scheme and and also in his players particularly the ones he had on the field on um sunday i, I can't think of anything more you know it's kind of like you know just you feel like you're going to push and push and push and sooner or later it's going to break but you just don't have the parts this year to do the things that you like to do. And then, you know, your alternative to that, Chris, is, you know, playing weak and soft. And I mean that, you know, schematically, you've, you know, sure. your corners are 10 yards off the off the receiver and they're just getting hitched all day. And it's just, uh, you know, I think it's a confluence of events here that's just snowballing and there's really not a lot they can do. Now they are still playing, you know, tough. It's not like, you're not visibly, you know, giving up. I, I, can't, I don't know all their assignments, so I don't know who's blowing assignments and so on, but, um, sure. you know, it seems like they're still, they're still in the games. It's just, it's those runs on first down, Chris, that I've been talking about for three years. It's the, you know, inability for your corners to match up man to man or even know what they're doing in a zone. It's kind of being out schemed offensively. There's a lot of stuff going on with this defense and. I'm mostly upset. My number one upset thing about this is just the, the rotation of young players over older players. And I've talked to you off air about this a lot, but you know, on air I haven't said much because they've been playing relatively well. But there's some talent that's come and gone that hasn't seen the field. There's some talent that needs to see the field. And now I'm not saying that the, some of the young guys we're playing right now are playing gangbusters. Don't get me wrong here. But, you know, either are the old guys. And so I'd rather side with the young ones and potential than, you know, let's see if this guy's got another year in him or two years in him. I guess that's where I sit on it. And that's my biggest real concern with the franchise at the moment. And I know it's kind of off topic, but I slipped it in there because it's just it's an annoying thing to me that you bring Everson Griffin back and you had other guys that you're trying to get better and, He's just taking snaps, and and I'm not trying to pick on Everson. You know, he did – when he when he was in, he did pretty well. Yeah, he wasn't
0: just taking snaps. Uh He was second on the, you know, second on the team at pressures and sacks.
1: Yeah. But just getting, you know – For a million dollars in
0: in one year, I don't know. Eh,
1: I mean, how many games did you get out of him? Five, six, seven, something like that? I mean –
0: well, I think it's more than Isn't five. It. You only, it was only two weeks that he went out. My point is when you're when you're leading the lead in sacks and you're third in pressures, I'm not worried about the young defensive ends uh, not getting as much playing time. Could they get more? I agree with that. I agree with that. And, look, we, we have seen a couple of these guys that got that playing time last year, to your point, and now have all of a sudden <laughs> looked pretty damn good this year. They've taken that jump, especially on the interior. So you do, you know, you're, I I see what you're saying. I guess I'm halfway through that. And I don't mean to just
1: stick on the, I don't mean to just stick on the Griffin point. I mean, it's re-signing Barr. It's it's re-signing Harrison Smith. It's, it's, you know, these type of moves, uh, you know, bringing back Stephen Weatherly, like these kind of things that are just like, all right, dude, we saw him the first time. Shamar Steffen was on this team for, I have no idea why, for four or five years. It's like.
0: But you were in favor of the bar resigning, though.
1: I think at the time I was, but you know that's when I, that's a healthy, younger Anthony Barr. You know, it's a different story now. I think, uh, but yeah, I think I was.
0: Either way, it was it was either Sheldon or him, and then we could have got an offensive line, Sheldon in an offensive of line, or Barr. It was our choice. He over we overpaid him. Is what happened there. No doubt about it. I think Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford. Hey, Harrison Ford could play. We got to get him minutes. No, but Harrison Smith last year kind of proved it to me that he's still there because after that defensive line fell apart, because so we didn't get shit for pressure last year. I think that's why we're actually uh, look like a good defense throughout some of these games. But either way, um, the offense and the defense complimentary football, should we say, Aaron? Something that we haven't been able to do this year. They sure did for a while. I mean, you look at it, four out of the five drives that the offense had, they scored, field goal, touchdown, touchdown. Some of them long drives, some of them quick, you know, quick scores. Um, and same with the offense or defense. Punt, three and out, three and out punt. Uh, field goal held them, got a key interception, got a key sack and fumble. That set up a touchdown. Until, it, 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 you know, we were, we were down, what well, we were we down, 20 to six. You know, if this wasn't Detroit, remember I talked about we're going to get our ass kicked and we're going to kick someone's ass just because historically you kind of do that throughout a year? If this wasn't the Lions, Aaron, this would have been the game that we would have got our ass kicked. But they were feeling it uh, this year. But we're down 20-6. to And I give, you know, both sides, especially the offense, but both sides the credit for coming all the way back. And you get up 27-23. A lot of folks all of a sudden, once again, knee-jerk, no difference, just pure emotion, Aaron, just mad at the world and at the Vikings, and we suck, and we get it. We get it. But they're literally saying we should have milked the clock and went for the field goal and left 40 seconds or 45 seconds. But re- what they're not remembering is it was a tie game when we did that to the Packers. It was a tied game. So we're going into overtime whether we – made make that field goal or not. Whereas this, we had to score to get up. And then they just need a field goal. To me, if you got a chance to score a touchdown in that scenario, I was okay with it. And, and, you know, off the defense, how it had been doing. Yeah, it was was doing great. But then they decided to only pressure one time on that last drive, Aaron. And you know what? It almost resulted in a strip stack by Harrison coming off the edge. He almost got to that ball. And then Breland, two hands Breland will call, the guy that can only make the immaculate <laughs> reception in a, on an interception, two hands on the ball in the end zone, game over. And, of course, that didn't come down. But that was a bit of a head scratcher. Talk about some of that. Like we're, we're pressuring really well in the second half. Decide not to do it. Give the under routes. Give the a bunch of different routes. And then not even on the last play. Talk about that last play too positioning. If you're gonna drop eight, why are we worried about the back of the end zone when no one's running there just yet?
1: Well, let's begin with Breland. I think you nailed it in the beginning of the season. You said he's feast or famine, and that's what he's been uh, throughout the season. And, you know, if it hits him in the chest, he's not gonna catch it. If he has to run four <laughs> yards and dive, he's gonna get it. And I think the whole last drive was just Mike's standing in a square saying I'll stop the defense and about scoring. I thought maybe you could have milked a little bit more time off the clock. I don't necessarily think you just say we're going to kick a field goal here considering Minnesota Vikings kickers, but do <laughs> probably try to bleed a little bit more time off that clock. Although, sure. you know, Mike's going to always have faith in his defense. And even the kids he had out there on Sunday, it's like, dude, it's like, these are not, Kendricks, this is not Bar. This is not, you know, the guys that you want in there for this. And it's like you don't have Daniel Hunter. You can't. He's not one of your three rushers. You know, you've got a bunch of, yeah, Kenny Willikus and and you know, DJ Wanham and maybe a guy in the middle. And it's just not the same kind of pressure. And you're right that when they brought pressure, it was successful. Um, I just think it's Mike standing and you know, he's gonna go down with with his boots on, as they say. And it's going to do what he, what he does. And uh the last play, let's talk about that. It's, we all saw it coming. We knew what was going to happen. I didn't know exactly what would happen, but when it happened, I said, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, they had been playing off. And the thing that was really upsetting about it is they called a timeout. Detroit called a timeout after they checked the alignment. He didn't seem to change the alignment at all. And it's like five yards deep in the end zone is Cam Dantzler. And, You know, what I know was at the five yard line or something. So it's ten yards of difference, and anybody, high school coach, would know to call a slant there, and or not a slant, but a hitch. And you know, slant probably would have worked too. I mean, Woods wasn't where he should have been to stop a slant, but I think, you know, it just, I don't know. Do you tell the corners to play up on that? Yes, I mean, that's what you would do. I think you'd be right in their face, but. I don't know, Mike would been running that the whole way down the field. It, it's just, it, it blows my mind. I don't understand why you can't trust your corners, it, especially when you draft Dantzler as a press corner. And that was Mike's whole calling card for years, as Rhodes taught him how to be a press corner. And now your corners aren't pressing at all. And I don't know where the change happened, but. In the last two seasons, it's just been off coverage the whole time. And there have been teams that have come in and just hitched you to death. And, you know, this time you got it the last play of the game. And I got to say, you deserved it. It's That's what you get when you don't play press coverage with your defense.
0: Well, and, you know, last year we could at least say we were so we, – we didn't get any sacks barely. And we had as much sacks of pressures like, 7 games in this year as we did last year. So, okay, you can make an argument not to do it last year, right? Bunch of young corners, that's cool, but I think you really laid that out nicely. And you know, it's not all about positioning cuz somehow some way, you know, the whole the the other side of the defense was positioned the same way, but they also we got to put it on the players a little bit on this one. Cam had a great game. But Xavier Woods, man, the last like month, Xavier Woods has been like it's just it, it hasn't been good it hasn't been good and i am glad that we have a rookie uh safety because uh he's been he maybe we now know why he's not with the cowboys anymore after this last month or two but either way um neither of them decided to even go near the goal line the other side had two guys there if you're going to drop eight and rush three you had two guys on one guy there there's just no excuse whether it's the alignment or the players because the other side of the players they managed to get over there and, and get near the goal line at least hit them really hard and, and see if the ball comes loose or something um uh, but that was rough <laughs> that was rough. any other items you want to uh get to when it comes to this uh here here uh debacle in Detroit sir
1: uh no, I think we got most of it off our chest I think. You know, it sucks to lose to Detroit. It sucks to lose to Detroit when they're 0 0-10 and 10 and 0 10 and 1, I guess is the record. And, uh, but I don't think anybody who's watched this team all season and maybe for the last two seasons was all that surprised. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, cousins and blah, blah, blah. But the real reality here is that we haven't been over 500 in. Over two years, it seems like so. It's it kind of is what it is at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, I still chuckle at uh, these last two years. People blaming cousins because it's it's crazy uh, at some of this stuff. Uh, but you know, either way, um, it is what it is. On the good note here, Jefferson, this freaking guy, he had the in the last four games. Um, had a great start to the season, had those two back-to-back games that we really broke down, especially after the second one where he wasn't getting enough targets. Um, boy, has he these last four games. He actually had the, the largest um, yardage stretch in Vikings history, 577. Um, and it's kind of funny. The second place is actually 2009, our, our best offense since these last two years. Five fifty-three, Sidney Rice Carter, five thirty-seven, ninety-nine, oh three, five twenty-nine. You know who? Randy Moss. He's on pace, Jefferson, to have one hundred and ten catches in seventeen hundred yards in double digits, man. And if you look at through the first through your first twenty-eight games as an NFL player, the, what he's been able to do. In the you know, receiving touchdowns and receiving yards, um, this dude—you got to bring up like—he's having a better start than Carter, Marvin Harris, Tyreek Kill, DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Johnson, Terrell Owens, Antonio Brown. Carter took a little while to catch on, but those other guys didn't. Uh, this guy is beyond special, and he has the last two years since he's been in the league. He has the most yards, two thousand six hundred nine. Devonte Adams is in the two, two thousand four hundred. Diggs two three, uh, Coop two three, and Kelsey of course, two thousand two. Uh, so two hundred. I mean after that. So this I'm trying to bring some some good news here. You know after that horrible thing, but another thing: forty four catches of twenty plus yards since he's been in the league. He has nine more catches of that um, than anybody in the league. And that goes for other big play offenses too. So this kid is all about it. Um, But yeah, we'll still hear that it's it's barely the defense and it's mostly cousins. Yada yada yada. Now there is some decent news when it comes to something we've been really following this year, Aaron. The injury report. Um, We do have at least they were limited in it because it's a walkthrough practice basically. But Barr, and just as important, more important, Kendricks, with that bicep injury, uh, he was at least limited walking around and everything. saw, no surprise there, unfortunately, didn't play, and same with uh, Thielen as well. Um, and Alexander, his rib issue, he did go full. So... um you know, hopefully we can get both Kendricks and Barr back for this week. Like I said earlier, uh, Vegas has us as a three point, uh, favorite. Pittsburgh now actually had their, probably their, their best game of the season. Still probably should have lost the game, but hey, they won it. They're 6-5-1 and now. Uh, their strength of schedule hasn't been great. Uh, but like I said, they're coming in hot. 44 and a half is the over under vikes favored by three the vikings clearly have a a sizable uh, difference in offense whereas both defense kind of struggle um 131 they're giving up the steelers on the ground and they don't run they're they're running the ball 87 yards per game so we definitely need to run the ball more consistently the last couple of weeks i mean Cousins is up to fifth or sixth and a tenth in the league. uh That's great. You got to pass more sometimes, no doubt. Every game's a little different, but we got to get back to some of our bread and butter with the run game as well. um I, I don't see how this isn't, beyond what I said about we're going to get our ass kicked and kick someone's ass. I don't see how this isn't a, a super tight game. But man, it, it's, it is hard to pick a win here coming off that debacle that we just saw on sunday Aaron.
1: couldn't agree more i just couldn't agree more i I don't want to see the wheels are coming off here or anything like that although it's very possible that they are um but it's you know prime time it's it's uh, at home game it's you know it's got all the makings of uh one of those buffalo games or or something like that, and, you know, I want to feel good about it, and I want to say, you know, they'll bounce back, and, you know, we lost two, we won two, we lost two, and it, it, there's a lot of positive ways to spin it. I don't know if Cook's going to be back. I'm not sure what they're, you know, you did go down a little bit of the injury. but yeah, he ain't report, going but, back. He ain't going back. Not this week. You know, Thielen possibly out. Um, I like K.J. Osborne, but as a real number two, eh, I don't know how I feel about that. I think they're going to struggle offensively a little bit just due to the offensive line issues. And, you know, the Steelers still have good defensive linemen. and You line them up against this offensive line at any time, you know, it could get ugly very quickly, particularly if you leave Bradbury in there. Um, So I, I'm i just, you know, as much as I want them to win this game, I don't see it happening, Chris. And I don't, you know, like you go to Vegas with it or do whatever. I just don't see it happening. I, uh, there, you say that you know the Steelers can't run the ball, but they will this week. Um, so no, it's I'm like, saying they're yeah. average.
0: Uh, of course, they're going to be able to run the ball this week. I'm just yeah. trying to you know break down the game. They they'll they'll run the game or ball, no doubt.
1: Now, on a silver you know silver lining of it is the Vikings could come out and they could offensively turn another leaf over and score thirty and beat the Steelers at home, and all of us will be yay 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 again. But it's still the same core of this team. It's still the same coach. It's still the same everything, and I just don't see a win here, Chris. I don't want to be doom and gloomy. I'm trying to find a bright spot, but, you know, Steelers are traditionally a tough team, and I just don't think we have it in us right now to, to beat them on a short week. And I know they're not great either, but the components they have, their, their strengths do not match our up with our weaknesses, or they overmatch our weaknesses, I guess is what I wanted to say particularly a defensive line and offensive line. I just don't think this offense is going to be anywhere near consistent until that line is dealt with in a real substantive way. I just, the, you know, the musical chairs, the quality of talent, it's just not there. And it just
0: gets exposed over and over again. And I look at it from, I don't really, well, without feeling is the only reason why I look at it fully from an offensive standpoint, because these last two years, we haven't been losing games because of our offense on average. It's been our defense. And when we got this guy, you know, Darisaw, is he going to come back? We'll see tomorrow if he walks around or whatever and does a half walkthrough or something. But they got this guy, TJ Watt, uh, who's coming off of three and a half point or 3.5 sacks. And, uh, he has 16 sacks in 10 games. So I don't think it's doom and gloom that you're putting out there whatsoever. He's actually on pace to uh, potentially break that 24 record. If you add it up, they were saying, and I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, if we had Derrissaw in there, I'd feel a lot more confident because, like I said, they don't stop the run that well. So if we could get that run game going, we obviously have the pass game going. If we could get that run game going, then all of a sudden the play action deep ball – is just that much more attainable, um, like, consistently. And we've seen that, especially these last two years. We've talked about how, you know, somewhere around mid-season to late season, maybe game 10 last year, we just – they finally got off the line of scrimmage. And it's <laughs> – lately, you know, it's actually – they've been, like, saying, all right, dude, let's see if you can run. Um, and sometimes it's work, sometimes it's not. But with no feeling – it does kind of, it does kind of be like, hmm, high ankle sprain, he's not going to play. Can we do enough? You know, this is where you'd like Irv Smith so much, you know, because that would give you two tight ends you could target anytime or red zone. They can both block, but yeah, I'm actually going with kind of a funky, um, uh, what is it? 20, funky score, 23 20, tw- or no. Was it twenty? Where the hell did I put it? 23 to twenty-one. Uh, Steelers get the job done, um, and, and you know, unfortunately, beat these bikes. Now we do have that two and two thing that we've been going on, and like I said, maybe Vegas and the professionals say, hey, they're just going to keep winning two and losing two, winning two, losing two. So I feel pretty confident that they can be in the game why wouldn't you they've been every game right but the bloodshed has to come at some point to, to your point about you know maybe maybe this is the week where they just get ran over and when you're playing a good defensive end or a great defensive end like that and no dealing man it's a doozy it is a doozy man any other no, vikings oriented think- stuff sir
1: no, I think you nailed my points right there. I think it's going to be, I wouldn't say an ass-kicking, but I think we're going to get beat pretty badly. I just don't see it being a good thing. I'd say, you know, if I had to throw a score out there, I'd say like 28-10, something like that. It'll be a, a decisive win That's by a the Steelers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it'll be a decisive win by the Steelers, and then we can sit and talk about. Next week, about, you know, where do we go from here and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, God, if they come and they win, you know, it's a whole different story, but I just, they don't, it doesn't line up, Chris, at all. I think, I think it's a, the first ass whooping of the year.
0: So, um, the Gophers are bringing back their former offensive coordinator. They're, they're working out the details right now, finalizing that deal, which we knew last week that they had fired the coordinator. And I think that's a good look. I bet you Tanner Morgan is very happy. He, you know, the guy was definitely, like, creative. He found a way to move the ball, yet we still ran the hell out of the ball, too. We just went fourth in attempts behind, you know, the military schools and triple options. So I like that. The top three guys that you thought would go out have accepted uh, senior bowls. Um, both defensive ends, they've been here for four years apiece. Actually, I think, uh, one of them, five, they're both gone starting. So that, that is what it is. And then Daniel is gone too because he took the, um, the, the, the big old three, what is he, 6'8", 380. We were talking about it off air, how once they get him at the combine, he's already graded from like one, first to third round for sure. So you kind of knew he would go. We'll definitely keep you posted though on who's returning beyond what we already know. Um, any items uh, that you want to talk about or anything like that? I mean, oh, you know what was surprising, Aaron? We had like a top 20, top 30 defense, if you look at a variety of metrics. Only one player made the All-Big Ten. Our offense pretty much sucked a lot of the year, considering. Now, there's reasons for it, no doubt. But we got, you know, all of the offensive line did make Uh, either first, second, or third, Um, and they've been playing a long time. A good chunk of them have already been on those teams for the Big Ten. But that was kind of a shocker that we didn't get a little bit more in there on defense, but it is what it is. What do you think about bringing the new coordinator back? Anything else, sir?
1: Well, I think we talked a little bit about that last week, and we thought, you know, I don't know if it was you or me that – had the genius thought about bringing Shiraka back. We talked to, he went to Penn State and then, you know, it didn't work out there and Sanford had been hired here and we didn't know if there's bad blood between Shiraka and, you know, and, and PJ, but apparently not because we were right on the money there and, and he'll be coming back, which I'm kind of happy about. I, I thought they worked good together, uh, offensively. I think there's a little bit, um, a little more, I guess. I don't want to say innovative, but just a little more balanced, maybe, is the word to use. Yes. Uh, like you said, we kind of ran the ball so much. Um, and Um We got a good offensive line to do it, but, you know, to keep a defense honest, you got to be able to do both. And, you know, it was good to see that, you know, some of the guys got accolades. Uh I don't think the line is as good as, you know, I thought it would be, but I think it was a pretty good Big Ten offensive line. And defensively, I think we didn't get a lot of names just because they rotated so many guys. I mean, almost – on every level of the defense was rotated. I think maybe the linebackers were the only ones that really stayed in Gibbons and Sorry Myron. And, but they had, you know, Oliver would spell people and, uh, there's a, a Thomas Rush and those guys. So it was kind of rotated all year. I don't know if they got enough snaps. Anybody really got enough snaps to be, uh, maybe well, Chris Adam Bell to.
0: got enough stats apparently.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's, that's a good point. He was hurt for most of the season, but. I like the direction man I think it's going good and I like the that they rotate a lot of guys on defense if you have the players you know might as well use them and now let's talk about the bowl a little bit the bowl selection there's a lot of people upset about that we ended up in a second rate or third rate bowl and people feel that we should be in a maybe a, a better bowl game I don't know how where I stand on that I think maybe if you don't lose to Bowling Green you got a chance to maybe get a, a bigger bowl but I don't know what that really has to do with the bowl selection committee, but um, I don't think anybody's real happy about the bowl that they got. And I don't the name slips in my mind right now because the bowls change so much every year. But um, it's in Arizona. I think they're playing West Virginia, and it's a pretty good opponent. I think they have a good chance to win.
0: It has everything to do with the bowling green, and it's deserved. Um, if we're nine and three, we just uh, we closed the year. Whether we go to the – obviously, that has nothing to do with going to the Big Ten Conference Final because it's, you know, non-conference. But we talked about it then, how this stuff burns you when it comes to the bowl. Penn State got a New Year's Day bowl against a ranked, solid Arkansas club. That was our spot. If we don't lose to Bowling Green, we're 9-3. And, and And we just beat – what were they? The 14th-ranked team? That would have put us in the – it would have been – Number 24 against number 21, Arkansas. We would have gotten that ball. That was our ball, but we decided to lose the Bowling Green. So people can get bad or whatever, but that is deserved because you can't, that's, that's part of that rankings and quality wins and shitty losses. And, uh, Penn State, yeah, they're seven and five, but look at their schedule compared to ours. You know, they played tougher teams and they didn't lose the Bowling Green. So we, you know, unfortunately, even though it ended great, we would have been ranked, and we would have gotten that spot. So literally, it came down to what we thought. But even back then, that's going to hurt us. It's going to come back to bite us. And no, it didn't bite us within the Big Ten race. No, that's true because of the non-conference. But, man, it definitely uh, it reared its ugly head, man, like those type of losses do.
1: <laughs> well, I mean – Here's the deal. Here's my overall view on the bowling green losses, though it's a huge detriment for this season. I think it's one of those steps a program takes as it rises up. You know, like maybe next year there's no way we lose a, a game like bowling green because everybody knows what happens if that happens. And you know, it's like, okay, so you're building, building, building. Here's a pitfall. Okay. Now you know that pitfall. Let's rise above. And it just seems like the program's still on the way up. Um, and I'm not that upset about, uh, about the direction of the program, but that Bowling Green loss is an albatross. You're right, and uh, you would have had a better bowl game, I think, if if you hadn't lost to them or Illinois. Illinois was another bad loss that you – you know, Illinois is rising, but they're not there yet, and so I think that still counts as a bad loss. So I think they got a, a bowl that they probably were going to get, um, and, you know, PJ's name probably didn't help to get them a better one or – so I think it is what it is, and, and you know, you play the bowl, and hopefully you win, and you get ready for next season. And I, I think that's probably, you know, uh, in the end, it'll end up being a blessing more than a curse.
0: I don't think it'll be either or, but I do agree with what you're saying about on the rise, no doubt about it. But it's all slated. It's at, A lot of people just don't, on Twitter, don't follow college football, really. They just started getting into it because Fleck, It's all mapped out for you real easy. That's the reason why we're not in that ballgame, unfortunately. The Illinois loss, that that would have, you know, that was Big Ten-wise, man. If we didn't lose that, we would have been in the Big Ten championship, even if we lost to Iowa. So you're right. It's still on the rise. It's so close. And now we get to see the, like, a lot of these guys, some of these guys Fleck brought in. No doubt he did. But some of them because they've been here for five or six years, you know, they were they were already here. And even some of the guys that were, like Winfield, uh variety of guys, linebackers, defensive, they all improved while they were here. I mean, Winfield came in good. But, you know, a lot of them improved when they got here. Look at Johnson and what he did when he was here. Bateman was just a stud. But, yes, we're going to now see Aaron, you know, getting those higher recruits, recruiting classes that we got with that Auburn, that and two and that Auburn Penn state, and all that, we're going to start to see that. I'm 100% on you with that about, uh, it's still a rising program. There's no doubt about it. And people freaking out about Iowa and Wisconsin. And since the nineties, they've been pretty damn good, man. And they've been putting out first, second, third line, you know, offense and defensive lines forever. It's really tough that the, the, 2005 or 2006 was the last time we had two offensive linemen on the big all big 10 team only one of them first team so it takes longer than you think or than not you but you know the, a lot of the audience thinks because this is a Vikings town and college football although it's steeped in tradition it's it's kind of like why our dads and uncles were into it more Minnesotan speaking because they had seen a lot of success as a kid you know, all the way up through the 60s and even into the 70s, I think, was the last Big Ten championship. But I'm with you, dude. It's on the up and up. And we were able to duck Miami, USC, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, like the huge, huge jobs, dude. And so Flex staying put, I now believe the next, you know, chunk of years he's here, it would have to be like some kind of crazy job. I mean, if he he made it through this, It's on. So I'm really, really happy. Um, We'll be back next Monday, and let's hope – well, hold on. Yeah, we'll be back next Monday. Um, Let's hope the Vikes can do the two-and-twos and two-and-twos and and just make the stretch of this uh, last part of the season, (laughs) Um, you know, fun to watch instead of, ah, here we go again. Uh, But, you know, if they lose next week, then the next week, let's say they lose to Chicago that first Chicago game, then you could start to go, okay, well, it wouldn't be the worst thing if we lose, right? Because then you start to look at your draft stuff. Any last words? I'll give you the final word here. You can take us home.
1: No, I think you you nailed it, and you know, just maybe a little gopher note here that we lost two quarterbacks. I think we might have brought that up last week. They have, I don't think we've got news to where they've transferred to, but they entered the porthole, and and so now. You've, we got you know Tanner and some younger kids, and I think he's got a, a top guy coming in for the 2022 class. But uh, so it'll be more Tanner, but around Tanner will be some new faces, and that'll be good to see.
0: We got a pocket passer, top 30 pocket passer here already from last year. Um, in the co- in the country coming in, and like you said, another one coming in. So that's to be expected, though. With Tanner coming back, um, you're right, Clark. And the uh, super senior, too. So we'll see. All right, we'll be back next uh, Monday. Peace.